Good morning, evening, and afternoon, my CSS Nation friends out there. My name is Harry Mullen, and I will be your host today. Uh, before I get started on the topic, I just wanted to remind everybody to please go to our uh, channel on YouTube to Central Sterilization Solutions. Be sure to hit the like button if you like this uh, episode. Hit subscribe and hit the notification bell so that way you are aware of upcoming episodes that we have posted. And with that, let's get into the topic. I've been going through the process, which is the magazine for Isham, and I came across an article in uh, this month's, and let's see, is it's a proper month, September, October printing of the process. And the article is called The Student Pipeline, How It Can Save Money and Your Department. It's written by Adam Akota, and uh, he is one of the new clinical managers at Beyond Clean. So uh, be sure to check them out. Great company, great podcast that they have, really a strong force when it comes to education. All right, again, so the article, The Student Pipeline, How It Can Save Money and Your Department. So I'm just going to go ahead and read from the article. So it says, sterile processing or SP managers and directors know that the pattern all too well. It's quiet, and your carefully constructed machine called the sterile processing seems to be humming along according to plan. Things appear to be exactly as they should be. And then it starts... Slowly at first, a staff member is scheduled for maternity leave from February to May. Then two staff members have approved paid time off on the schedule for a month of April. The lead technician goes down with an injury or unexpected leave of absence on uh, March. And the following week, a night shift uh, technician gives their two weeks notice. Um, and to top it all off, COVID-19 strikes the department and sends five staff members from one shift to quarantine at home alone. Boy, to me, that sounds like the proverbial S hit the fan. All right. So I'm using clean words here. I don't want to have to use, uh, be able to edit this out later and put the beep in there. All right. So just like that, your well-oiled sterile processing machine is smoking and throwing sparks. Oh, boy, I've been there myself. Uh, it's, uh, this happens all too often. You think things are going great as a manager, and then all of a sudden things just turn upside down for you, for the department, and for the staff that are remaining. So sterile processing department can feel much more like captaining a ship during the perfect storm. I know the feeling. Every manager's first response to this type of situation is to look for help. We look at our leadership team and have the manager and supervisors working the floor. We look to the department and our loyal technicians to see if they can work overtime or pick up some weekend shifts. Again, been there, done that, happens all the time. And yes, I've asked staff members to uh, be able to work overtime to be able to pick up the slack, work extra shifts, work uh, the weekends and such. 
We might even ask our op operating room friends if someone can come down to the basement and help with pill pouching and wrapping loaner trays. The help needs to come from somewhere, and when all else fails, it's often the SP traveler who swoops in for the rescue. Oh, yeah. We have registry come in all the time, you know, and I know the staff are appreciative of it, but that costs an awful lot of money for the facility. Now, according to some online reports, the cost of healthcare staffing in the U.S. is around 16 to 18 billion, and traveling healthcare workers make up more than one quarter of that budget. So that's four to five billion spent annually on traveling healthcare workers alone. Uh, Adam here writes a note. It should be mentioned here that I have had the pleasure of working with some of the very best sterile processing travelers in my time in the industry. Some were incredibly knowledgeable and helped move our department into the 21st century. Some were absolute workhorses who single-handedly did the work of two to three typical technicians just because of their extensive experience and tireless work ethics. It is, uh, let it be known that I have a lot of close personal friends in that industry, and I mean no ill will towards them because what I am about to state in this article might ruffle some feathers. Well, Adam, you are quite correct because I have known many of travel uh, agency workers, registry workers come into my department and they are fantastic. When I was the system educator at UCLA, uh, we even offered open positions to the travelers that came in because of how good they really are. So, Adam here is stating what the problem is. The problem is the lack of staff because of A, maybe we had somebody go out on maternity. B, we had individuals, a couple people go out on paid vacation. We'll, B, C, we had somebody who may uh, went out on a workman's comp situation. They got injured. And D and E and F and G, the list goes on as to why we don't have the staff. And so I can see where Adam is going with in this article and where he's doing is the power of the student pipeline. Uh, this so. is near and dear to my heart because as a sterile processing professional and as a person who works and operates a sterile processing school, I see how difficult it is at times for hospitals to let students in to do their hours in order to uh, get the training that they need. But Adam, as uh, stated here, has a solution, and it's regarding allowing students into the facility and into the department. So let me go ahead and continue on with the article here. It says here, the power of the student pipeline. What if I told you, sterile processing leaders, that they would never need to hire a traveling sterile processing technician again after adopting the student pipeline approach. For the student pipeline system to work effectively, it's important to start with evaluating whether one's department is a good candidate for accepting students. Department size doesn't matter. Even a department with a single employee can benefit from the student pipeline as long as there is an experienced trainer 
on each shift to host the student. Absolutely. If you have more than one technician that uh, you especially trust on a particular ship, perhaps you can even take on multiple students at once. You will also need a department that is doing things the correct way and passing surveys with flying colors. Absolutely. So far, 100%. I agree with Adam's statement here. If your department is a work in progress, it's probably best to fix the issues within before bringing a student to learn things the wrong way. And that is so true as well. We, uh, we want students to learn the correct way. And for as a hiring manager, at least I've been one, the last thing I want to do is to hire somebody and then have to correct bad mistakes that they've learned habits, so to speak. There is likely a sterile processing program near you. Absolutely. Southern California Central Sterilization Solutions is available to you. Shameless plug there, huh? It may be an hour or two away, but it's likely during these times that, that they have some kind of online or virtual training program. And if they're staying in business, it's because they are pumping certified sterile processing technicians into the workforce on a regular basis. Absolutely. That is absolutely correct. I'm going to take a moment here so that I can get a drink and such. We're going to go for a quick commercial. And speaking about the opportunities in sterile processing, and the article talked a little bit about COVID, let's go ahead and listen to our spe educational specialist, Ken Croto, and we'll be right back. The job market right now is, I feel much better than it was even when I went in. As the result of the COVID pandemic that we've had, our profession has been even under more spotlight and given even more of an opportunity. We're infection control, we're infection preventionists, and breaking the chain of infection and destroying viruses is our job, and it's what we're trained to do as professionals. That field is going to keep growing and growing. The sterile processing field is a great way to come into the hospital setting. Again, you're coming right into the operating room. Hello, CSS Nation. Harry Mullen back at you again. All right. So today's topic, as I stated before, talking about how sterile processing can save money, uh, i.e. using the student pipeline. Now, as I stated before, some of the situations that come uh, come up, you have people going out on maternity, people calling off sick. You have individuals who had pre-approved time off. Uh, somebody gets injured and a slew of other reasons as to why it is that your department is currently short staffed. And one of the solutions that is out there is that you can hire travelers. You can bring in people who are knowledgeable but I also find that a lot of managers, what they end up doing with these knowledgeable technicians is they underutilize them. You're paying an awful lot of money and you end up sending them over to decontamination anyway. So you have to really think about what it is that you're doing there, especially when you're talking about spending a lot of money. So that's one alternative, using travelers, using registry. But you know that cost there, you're talking about the average registry worker in Southern California makes, let's say, $25 an hour. 
Well, that's what you're paying the technician. You also have the company that they work for that you're paying a premium on top of that. So who knows? You may be paying 50 up to $75 or more per hour in order to have that individual in your department. Another opportunity for you is, again, as Adam had stated, was to bring in the student pipeline. In other words, working with one of your local schools that is still in business, still pumping out, as he said in his article, students into the job force. And I think that is a wonderful idea. Uh, and it's very important that you work with schools in order to uh, establish that uh, pipeline. So one of the things I agree with is that with Adam is that definitely you can utilize these schools in order to bring students in, in order to kind of train them. And by the time they finish the hours, now you have a steady flow of individuals that you could potentially hire or bring in, whether it's per diem, part-time, uh, until such time as your the workflow matches up. So, I mean, if you're a manager out there and you're facing this situation, my recommendation is you can get a hold of a school local to you. And if you're in Southern California, reach out to us, Central Sterilization Solutions. So and our website, centralsterilizationschool.com, reach out to us and establish an affiliation agreement. Now, you have to understand that ISHM requires that each of its students upon graduation and in order to maintain and have full certification, they're required to get 400 hours of hands-on experience, all right? And as stated in this article as well. Now, understand that the students are voluntary and usually their insurance and liability are covered by the school, which is true. Schools have liability insurance, uh, kind of like an errors and admissions insurance to deal with any situation whereby the student makes a mistake or something like that. What does that mean to the facility? That means that uh, there's 400 hours of free labor for your department. Yes, that means your staff are going to have to train them on the basics. But let me explain how the this can benefit the department further. Now, think of it as the initial 400 hours as a tryout. So you, you hire people, you're bringing them in, they're on probation. Well, during this time, this 400 hours, that's, you know, that's 10 weeks uh, at 40 hours a week where you have somebody in there and you're training them the way you want them to do things in your department, things that are acceptable, the way that you have established your department to run with the standards that are in place. And you want them to understand those standards and operate within those standards within your facility. So that, that's one right there. Another benefit is the fact that you get to pick and choose, you know, the cream of the crop. If somebody's not working out, the, the benefit to them is they get to complete their 400 hours. The benefit to you and your facility is you get to choose who is the best candidate, the best fit for your department. And back to the article here, it says that SP leaders who are in a position to take on students likely have a number of experienced technicians who are willing and able to train up the next generation of dedicated sterile processing professionals. 
This may also mean that the department do not have a lot of full-time positions open up on a regular basis. And as a manager, Adam has found that while hospitals are pretty rigid about creating new full-time positions, they will greatly impact productivity numbers. Most often uh, are open to create uh, new positions for part-time and per diem employees who are more flexible and only used when the full-time technicians are off or on leave. Part-timers also are incredibly helpful for fulfilling the staff gaps when that investable sterile processing crisis hits. And in addition, they are flexible so they can be the first to be sent home if productivity goes down. So ideally, you know, leaders in sterile processing should really seriously consider coming in and establishing a relationship with a local school. And I suggest that you really look at the schools that you're taught that, uh, that are there. I mean, there's a lot of tech schools out there. They're training uh, OR technicians, uh, nurses, aides, along with they have a sterile processing program. But honestly, most of the time they're pushing those uh, people who would consider doing sterile processing into surgical tech. And now you're looking at bringing in somebody in who is only uh, wanting to use your department as a footstool or a step stool into the OR. And so, but there are sterile processing schools available that that's all they focus on is sterile processing technicians. All right, so that's something that uh, should be considered. Before I go any further, let's go ahead and uh, do one more commercial. We have upcoming classes that we're going back live into the classroom come October. And anybody interested, or if you know of somebody uh, who is interested in becoming a sterile processing technician, send them our way. Welcome back. This is Harry Mullen at CSS Nation. And uh, just wanted to recap again about the topic that I was reading in Isham's The Process. Again, it's called The Student Pipeline, How It Can Save Money and Your Department. In short, basically, it's talking about those perfectly run departments. Everything's going smoothly for the manager and that proverbial S hits the fan. In other words, you know, things just start following, uh, falling apart. Again, people go, uh, you have uh, young ladies uh, that go out on maternity leave. It happens. Uh, you have individuals that go on vacation for a couple of weeks, maybe a month. Uh, you have individuals that uh, for one leave or another have a leave of absence. They have workman's comp, they get injured for whatever the reason and the multitude of uh, reasons that you are short staffed there is a couple of options. Again, you can go with the registry or get, getting travelers to come into your department, but unfortunately, that is a heavy price to pay. And it's, uh, you know, we're talking about a lot of money going out where you can actually save money by partnering with a local school near you and setting up an affiliation agreement. And I think that's a, a very important uh, aspect of a good working uh, and running department is that you have a pipeline of individuals who are coming to you from the local school that you have had an opportunity to train up 
and to let them know exactly how things run within your department. Again, you get to choose from the cream of the crop. Uh, this is basically a 10-week probationary period for somebody that's coming in and training that you're not having to pay, and you're able to get the workflow going. And then by the time that they do get hired, guess what? You have another uh, probationary period time in which to evaluate them further, you know, past the 10 weeks when they were volunteering in your department. So again, locally, you know, I would say reach out to your local school. Again, if you're here in Southern California, you can go to our website at centralsterilizationschool.com and be able to uh, contact us. And we are more than willing to sign and, and establish an affiliation agreement with your facility to help you out. We have fantastic uh, technicians, future technicians that is, that go through, they pass the, uh, the school and they are getting certified. They are taking the exam. We have a 95% pass rate of individuals passing the certification exam their first time. That is nearly unheard of when it comes to, if you look at the stats from Isham. So I really like this article from Adam. Adam, very good, uh, outstanding article. And uh, I look forward to reading more articles from you. And uh, this was very... Uh, very insightful. You know, it speaks to my heart because, you know, here operating the school, you know, we're always looking for uh, other facilities to uh, affiliate with. But this is something that I've always done when in my departments. I always made sure that some type of an affiliation agreement was established with the local school because I knew it was a way of uh, helping us out. And made it a lot easier for the hiring process. You already have countless numbers of people coming through and you get to pick and choose who it is that you want to come in to be on your team. And that's very important. Well, folks, that's it. Uh, I hope you liked the show. If you did, please be sure to hit the like button and again, subscribe and hit the notification bell. Uh, until next week, I want to say thank you. Be safe out there. Be sure to wash your hands uh, and stay safe. And as my co-host, who couldn't be here with us today, uh, would say, if I asked him any last words, and he would sit there and he'd tell us, we'll be back. <laughs>